Revelation chapter 7, verse 11. Let's go. 11. All the angels stood around the throne, and the elders and the four living creatures, and fell on their faces before the throne, and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. So verse 11, it says, All the angels stood around the throne. It didn't say some of them. It said all of them. If we look at Hebrews 12.22, it says, But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. To an innumerable company of angels. There are tons and tons and tons of angels. And here they are all gathered together. Angels are described as stars in a few places. And if you look in the night sky, you see stars, so many that we can't count. So if there are as many angels as stars, then we're talking lots. What is that? I don't know. Billions? I don't know the answer to it, but it's, it's a lot. It's a lot more than I could sit there and count. One, two, three. It would take me forever. And in Revelation 5.11, we, we studied that already. It said, Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. So lots of angels, okay? So just get the idea. There are tons and tons and tons and tons of angels, so many that we can't count. And they all stood around the throne, the throne of God. Around the throne and the elders... And the four living creatures, we talked about them, the cherubim or the seraphim or a combination, and fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God. So they fell on their faces. This is in that prostrate uh, position of worship. We don't have to be on our knees to worship God, we don't have to be in a certain position. It's not yoga meditation. It's not Catholicism where you have to stand, kneel, sit, stand, kneel, sit. You can worship God wherever you are. I worship Him when I'm walking. I pray to Him while I'm walking often. I pray to Him with my eyes open. You don't even have to have your eyes closed, right? Think about that. We grew up thinking you have to have your eyes closed and your, and your head bowed. And that's how God's going to hear you. Well, no. God's everywhere. He's going to hear me if my head's not bowed. He's going to hear me if my eyes are open. He's going to hear me if I'm not kneeling, if I'm not sitting. I've prayed sitting. I've prayed kneeling. I've prayed with my eyes open. I've prayed walking. I've prayed working out. I've prayed in all different ways. And God hears you when you pray. Even when you don't have the words to pray, if you're talking to God in your head, if you're thinking about Jesus, asking for his help in your head without even expressing the words, he hears that prayer too. All right? So it says, he felt, They fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying. So here we have the angels chiming in. How do we know that? Well, before we were just talking about the tribulation saints. And they were crying with a loud voice, saying, Salva Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. But then in verse 11 it says, All the angels stood around the throne. So they're chiming in as well here. Remember, the angels could not sing the song of salvation because they have not experienced salvation. They did not sin and repent and have that salvation result from that because they didn't sin. 
we were born sinners. And for those of you who don't think you were born a sinner, trust me, you've done plenty to sin all on your own. Every person I know has sinned. I sin every single day. That doesn't mean I dismiss it. It means I realized it at 33 when I was like, you know what? This is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, Lord. I need to get right with you. I realized that I'm a sinner in desperate need of a Savior. A sinner in desperate need of salvation. And that salvation comes through Christ. So here the angels are singing. Amen. Blessed and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might. Be to our God forever and ever. Amen. So remember, God is also known as the Amen, the truth. They're giving thanksgiving and honor to him. Uh, We should give thanksgiving to God. We should honor him in our homes. We should honor him in our hearts. We should honor him in our actions. We should honor him in our work. And he is powerful and mighty. And this is to our God. The chief end of man is to glorify God. God built us to worship him. And if we're not worshiping God, then we're running not on an alternative fuel, but on a fuel that doesn't work. We try filling our lives all the time, even Christians, with things that end up not being fulfilling. And I can tell you with certainty the time that I feel the most at peace, the most joy in my life, is when I'm not focused on the day-to-day or the future or the past. When I'm just in that moment, and it doesn't happen every moment, but it happens from time to time, and those times become more frequent than they used to, and I just sit back and I say, you know what, God is great, and I love these people around me, and I love the circumstances that he's given me, even the tough ones, because I've learned so much. They're so hard to go through, so hard to go through. But he's taught me so much, and I can appreciate things more. And I want to enjoy every day more, knowing that today might be my last, or today might be the last day for someone else, and it's the last time I get to see them. It's that peace and joy that comes from just trusting God and knowing that this is not what he has for you eternally. He has heaven. No more tears, no more pain, just pure joy and bliss and peace. And I'm so excited for that, but he's got us here for a purpose, and let's take as many people to heaven with us as we possibly can. Verse 13 says, Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes, and where do they come from? So the elder, um, it says, Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, and he's actually asking a question to John. He's saying, Who are these arrayed in white robes? Where do they come from? And this is where we're going to find out. Remember I said, if you just look at the context and you let Scripture interpret Scripture, God's going to tell you what he means. So earlier we were talking about the people in the white robes. I already told you that they're tribulation saints. How did I know that they were tribulation saints? Well, let's keep reading. Verse, Verse 14, and I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, These are the ones who came, who come out of the great tribulation." and washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God, and serve Him day and night in His temple. So the elder asked John a question. He asked this question even though the elder already knows the answer. We do that with children sometimes, right? Uh, Let me try and think of an example. I'd be like, oh, what's in the oven? 
right? We know that there's cookies baking in the oven, but we're like, oh, what's in the oven? And they're like, I don't know. Let me, let me go check it out. So that's kind of maybe a visual that you can have in mind here. This elder's like, who are these arrayed in white robes and where do they come from? And John's like, I don't, I don't know, but you know, can you tell me more? So he says to him, and so this is the elder talking to John, answering his own question. He says, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation. That's tribulation saints. We talked about this. These are people who were not Christians. They rejected Christ. The rapture happened. They entered the tribulation. They're not Christians. But then, so there's that turn. Remember when you hear the word but, you read the word but, and I don't care if it's in the Bible or in a uh, social uh, media post or a, a book. It means you're changing directions. But then that person turned to Jesus. And there's a lot of evil because it stops being restrained by the Holy Spirit. So it just compounds and gets even worse. And they must look around and say, wow, I need to look at a Bible. I need to find out where these people went. That rapture thing was right. Wow, Jesus is, is Lord and Savior, and I am going to accept him. People are dying all around me, and I'm still going to accept him as my Lord and Savior. I wish that we would have this mentality that the tribulation saints will have, saying, I'm all in, even though it means that I'm probably going to be killed for my faith. My family is probably going to be uh, killed or starved to death. I won't have a job. I won't be able to provide because I won't have the, the mark of the beast, etc. I won't be part of that guild. So John is familiar with the church, and he knows that the church is in heaven. He's trying to figure out who these people are because they're different from the church. The church is one group, complete and with a purpose. Yet here is another group who is not the church, but who is also saved. Because John knows that this is not the church. This is yet further evidence that the church will not enter into the tribulation, but will be raptured prior to the tribulation. There's just entirely too much evidence to support this view that the church will end at the rapture and not enter into the tribulation. Other views just don't make sense to me in light of how clear the Bible is on this. And... Luke 15, 7 says, I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven than over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. This is that tribulation saint who rejects Christ today, but during the tribulation, they repent and they ask Jesus to be their Lord and Savior. If you thought Billy Graham was great in his revival, then just wait, because the greatest revival in the history of the world will take place in a seven-year period after the rapture. The church will not be here to experience it, but I believe God's going to show us from heaven and let us watch and witness this amazing amount of people, the greatest revival in history in a seven-year period, all these just tons and tons of people who come to Jesus. And it says, and those who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Isn't that interesting that we can take something and put it in the blood, red crimson blood, and it actually makes it white and pure. And that is what the blood of Christ does for those who believe in him. And it's offered universally. If you're listening to this right now, you are offered salvation. You are without excuse. You have the Bible. You have access to the Bible. It's at the library. There's probably one in your house. There's probably three in your house. 
You've got a free Bible on your phone. It's an app. If not, you can download it. You have no excuse. You've heard about it. You've got a church on almost every corner in this country. If you haven't accepted Jesus, and I mean accepted, and I mean I go to church on Christmas and Easter. Oh, you know, I pray when I need something. I'm saying if you haven't made him Lord and Savior, oh, I just encourage you right now, stop, think, listen. What's the purpose of this life? Is it so that you can be reincarnated? Is it so that you can go populate another planet like Mars? Is it so that you can go through heartache? Or is there a purpose of God saying this is the qualifying round? It's like qualifying for a race. Only you don't have to be fast. And you don't have to be built like an NFL football player. Here's, the, here's how you get qualified. You say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm in desperate need of a Savior. I'm not God. I know there can't be multiple gods because that defies the definition of a God. I know there must be a purpose to their life. And I hate to think that there can't be an afterlife. Because what would be the purpose of this pain? Lord, take the pain that I've experienced. I ask you to forgive me for everything I've done to trespass against you. And Lord, I just want you to know that I'm dedicating my life to you. You can pray something like that. And immediately, the Holy Spirit will indwell you. If you truly mean it, and you will be saved. I pray that for everyone listening, I pray that we will share this message for those of us who have accepted Christ. That we will go and share that message today with friends, family, co-workers, clients. Lord, we love you and we thank you in your amazing name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. Now it's time to go and make disciples, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to show people who Jesus is so that we have the right to tell them who Jesus is. I'd encourage you to share this by social media, text, or email with someone who you think could benefit from learning more about the Word of God. Have a blessed day.